the new standard in performance and safety. At 35,490 fully equipped and seven year warranty, the all new MGHS is value you've never seen before. John Robertson, welcome to Gibbo Goes 101, driven by MG. Now, I know you were very lucky to have an MG throughout our last season. Uh, how, how nice was that to be able to, to roll around? Um, I know sometimes Americans come to Australia, but to have a luxury car like that must have been a nice little thing to have. Absolutely, man. I love the MG. Um, driving on the other side of the road was a little tough in the beginning, but yeah, we, uh, we adjusted really quick, and uh, it was a great car to have. Now, you are the fourth in your generation of Robertsons. Can you explain that whole top to bottom, um, the fourth? Yes, so in order to continue your lineage, you have to have the same exact names. So John Daniel Robertson um, goes all the way back to uh, my grandpa's dad. Um, so yeah, man, it's been uh, given down the line. I plan on giving my son the same name. No, I'm just playing. Uh, I don't think either's going to let that happen. <laughs> now, maybe I was telling you about this and you don't want to continue the tradition. Why Why do you want to, is, is five too many or? Five, too, five is too many, man. Like five, like I've never met anybody with, that's been a fifth. Like I think, I think I'm going to be the one to change it up. But if there's never been a fifth, that means that he'll be the first one. Like, isn't that something? I know, special? but I just, uh, you know, growing up, like I didn't really like my name, to be honest. John is so basic. And every time I was in class, there was always another John. So I was always John R. Like, I hated it. Yeah, but when you add the fourth or the fifth, that just separates nobody you ever knew all the I was other the Johns. <laughs> nobody ever knew I was the fourth. They just called me John R. I was like, uh, I, was, I wanted something more unique. Fair enough. Now, obviously, everyone's been locked in isolation. I know you're a gym rat. You love doing the gym. How have you been coping with that stuff? Um, I know you've been doing home workouts and what, but how's that been? It's been tough, man, like not being able to get in the gym. We've been outside a couple of times, but I think actually like in the beginning when we first got back, we kind of liked that we didn't have anything to do because you can kind of rest your body. You know how the season is. season is it's tough on your body, especially as you get older. So um, to have that time to rest and to just trying to recharge your batteries was good. But then after a while, it's like, man, all right, it's time to do something. I started getting a little anxious, but now that the gyms are back open, I'm, I'm back in there working, so feeling good. Um, now, I see your arm got twisted and you guys bought a puppy, a Dalmatian. Uh, <laughs> Talk me through the whole process. Gigi? Gigi, is that how you... Gigi. Gigi? Yes. I uh, had that yeah. all, like, we just bought at home and you're like, I need a dog to, like, give me something to do. Yeah. Is that how the puppy That's exactly how it went down. Exactly how it went down. Like... We were, at, we were at home and her sister was here. She was staying with us for a couple months. And we we're just sitting in the house bored, man. Like, it, it had come up before, but we were like, we just kind of like, it was just something that we threw around. Just an idea. <laughs> and uh, yeah, one day we just went to uh, Petland and just looked. We looked at a couple dogs. We went to one, they didn't really have anything that we liked. And then we went to another one and we, you know, we saw Gigi. We, she was the only Dalmatian there. And I uh, kind of just fell in love instantly, man. Love at first sight. Speaking about love at first sight, that's a perfect little segue in there. Now, obviously, you proposed to your now fiance. I'm not sure when you, you and Eda plan on getting married, but talk me through the whole proposal. I've seen it online. Obviously, she was playing mm -hmm. a game at her at her college or whatever, and you, you were there and surprised. So how, how did that all play out in the whole lead up to that? 
man so we had been doing long distance for a while so uh we were visiting each other back and forth she would come all the way to russia i would go to miami we did that a couple times and then for uh this last time i was like you know i'm surprised her um and i knew she was the one you know what i'm saying so it was no no doubt in my mind so i was like i'm gonna go ahead and do it um i went ahead and got the ring i knew valentine's day was coming up um and it just so happened that we both kind of had a break at this time so uh her birthday was the next week so it just happened like i had a uh a break in my schedule i was able to go get a ring um had it made booked the flight to miami had to go um to texas to pick the ring up so the whole time i'm telling her i'm sick because we usually facetime every day um so for me i couldn't facetime her she would know i was on the way there so i had to make up this excuse i'm sick i can't talk and like she wasn't buying it but she didn't really give me a hard time about it so um yeah i went and picked up the ring i hit up her friends who i hit up one of her roommates and i had she helped me a lot she uh actually Went and took her to get her nails done because she said, if you ever propose, make sure my nails are done. <laughs> she took care of that for me. And uh, yeah, man, I had a lot of help though. Like her, um, so her roommate told uh, some of the staff at the, at the school and then they kind of organized everything and got all the video together. So when I went there, uh, I walked in and there was like a video of all our pictures playing. And like the music came on, and then I walked out and surprised her. So it was pretty, pretty special moment. So obviously, anyone that doesn't know her, like she's a hooper. She would have been playing here in Australia if this whole lockdown hadn't been been going on. So yeah. everyone knows, well, people that know her know she's a hooper. So basically, for anyone that doesn't, you guys are basically like the love and basketball <laughs> version of right now. Both who, both like, you know, yeah. every day after practice, she's rebounding for you. You rebound for her. Uh, that must be pretty cool. One, you both know each other's, I guess, professions or jobs, but just makes life a lot easier. It does, man, because she understands the grind. And, you know, having somebody in your corner that can come and rebound for you after practice um, and that puts in work with you and kind of pushes you and motivates you, I mean, that's everything. So um, she definitely helps me a lot. Um, it's, it kind of sucks for her right now because she was supposed to be playing, and I know she sacrificed so much um, just to be with me and to uh go out there and kind of um, she had offers in europe to play and she turned down to come to australia and be with me and it kind of sucked because she hasn't played a game i think in almost two years so um she's itching to get back get back out there on the court so hopefully she can do that soon uh now like all relationships it's not all highs there's a lot of lows i see you guys have a lot of deliveries uh come to the house uh during isolation she's uh, obviously <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people, you can't go to the shop, so she's online. She's like ordering stuff, and then I just uh, see the boxes and deliveries just dropping at the house every day, bro. Every day, every day there's a delivery. I'm like, uh, oh, another delivery. Somebody knocking on the door. I'm like, oh. and I already know who it is. Either it's Uber Eats or it's Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man, we've been getting a lot of deliveries. Everything that we need, though, it's nothing like no jump. So that's the good part. Um, I just want to talk about Texas Tech for a little bit. Um, talking about movies like Blue Chips, Bobby Knight was your coach for for how long? One year. One year, yeah. One year. How was how was that? I'm assuming he was not as crazy when you had him as kind of what people probably see from the the past. But that must have been pretty cool having a well known like famous coach like Bobby Knight that 
obviously demanded a lot of his players, but um, yeah, a well-known coach to to have uh, for one season. Yeah, man, he was a he was a great coach. Looking back at it, I don't think I was ready for his style at that point. Um, I was a freshman. I was you know I was kind of um, coming in a little immature. Looking back on it, because his style was just up in your face, yelling. I wasn't used to that, yelling at you, just trying to get the most out of you. And uh, he's an old-school coach. His style of play was a little different than what I was used to. But I definitely learned a lot as far as, you know, preparation um, and just uh, just being disciplined, a lot of discipline. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. But uh, I wish I would have went into it with a different mindset, looking back on it. Do you have any, uh, obviously, we've seen you throw some chairs, but any kind of situations or stuff that pop up that you're like, damn, like, I'll be yeah, sure wasn't was, ready for that. A lot of those, a lot of those situations happened, man. Like, he had a short fuse. He would get, you know, he would get a little hostile, but, I mean, that's just who he was, and that's what made him a great coach. So, um, you know, there was one time where uh, he just lost it and went after a player, and I was sitting there. Is this real life? Like, and it was, you know, one of those times where you're like, wow, like, this is really serious. Um, but yeah, man, he, he, he blew his fuse a couple times. Um, post, post college, um, did you have any, any NBA uh, workouts, um, anything like that before, before you went off to Europe? I didn't, man. I didn't have any workouts. Um, the closest to the NBA I ever got was playing in Summer League with Brooklyn. And that was after my, I think, third year overseas, after uh, after my season in Sweden. Um, I got an invite to uh, play in the Summer League. Didn't get any minutes. I got like maybe four minutes out of the whole tournament. But uh, it was a great experience just to uh, put on that jersey and to play against that that level of competition. It just really lets you know, like, what you need to work on and who you are as a player. Cause, man, those guys are very talented. And, uh, yeah, man, just, just being there was everything. I was going to write down everywhere you played in Europe, but I got to a couple and I was like, there's too many. Uh, where, where did you start in Europe? Uh, where was the first place you kind of went to? And do you have, like, a favorite that, you know, a favorite location, a favorite team? Obviously, some teams were better than others, but... Uh, where was your first, I guess, European experience? Uh, the first European experience was in Slovenia. Zlatarog, uh Lasko was the name of the team um, in the middle of nowhere. Uh, but it was a great experience, great great city. Um, but, yeah, man, I ended up getting cut like three months in. Uh, just didn't know how to play the European game. The European game is way different than college or the NBA. I had no idea. Um, and then I kind of, you know, what saved me was going to Sweden and learning from a, uh, from a great coach, veteran Bosnich. Um, he really taught me the European game, how to be a point guard. So, uh, yeah, man, it was a eye-opening experience. My first, my first job ended up being cut. It humbled me a lot. So, but, you know, everything worked out. Talk about the difference because it is EuroLeague or Europe basketball is so different. Now, some leagues might be a little bit different, but... It's not like you're not getting up 20, 30 points a game, shoot, shooting 20 shots. It's, it's completely different, right? And how was that? I'm not sure how you played in college. Obviously, I know how you played here and, and what we wanted you to do for our team. But being a scorer, being a shooter, getting up a lot of shots, it must have been tough or an adjustment playing in Europe where you might only get five to 10 shots a game compared to 15. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, in Europe, it's more uh, equal opportunity for everybody. They want you to run the play, uh, set up the offense. Especially being a point guard, you have to make the right decisions, um, and you have to read the defense. So it's not a lot of one-on-one. Uh, it's not a lot of coming down, um, jacking up threes. And you really have to, you know, you have to pick your shots and just kind of, I don't know, man, you got to quarterback the game. And that's what I was used to um, uh, coming to Australia. That's why I kind of was a, you know, it was different for me to get going and get used to that style. But, yeah, man, Europe is way different. I think I – the most points I average in Europe or average for a season in Europe was, like, maybe 17. Um, and that was in Sweden. So, uh, yeah, it was just very different, very different. Do you learn any language while you were there? Obviously, it's a bit of a barrier having different languages. I'm sure coaches are translating. And how's that, how's that going? The coach is probably yelling or speaking in some other language. You have no clue what he's saying. I guess you, I don't, I don't know. Would you just sit back and just look at the whiteboard or just not even <laughs> listen, just go out and just keep open? Like, how does, how does that all work? Yeah, you gotta. I mean, most of the places I went to, like the coaches spoke English, um, or you had teammates that speak English. So if you don't understand what the coach is saying, you just ask your teammate. Um, so they'll explain everything to you. Uh, the hardest, I think language barrier that I had was in Russia, man, because the coach didn't speak any English. And I'm like, I'm kind of like looking at him. He's kind of trying to speak a little English here and there. And I have to ask my teammate. And it was just all over the place. But uh, yeah, being in Australia was so much better. Everybody spoke English, a lot smoother. Enjoyed it a lot more. Do you, have a, uh, do you have a favorite team you played for in Europe or a favorite, like, you know, I love going to Spain on a tour. Greece was a lot of fun. Do you have a, anywhere that you're like, man, I'd, lo- I'd love to either go back there and play or just for a holiday or um, go back and spend a bit more time there? Yeah, man, France. France, I have to say, was one of my favorite places. And um, the team I was on was actually one hour away from Paris. So Paris is probably my, my favorite city in Europe. And Paris is a great time. They have, you know, the fashion there is crazy. Uh, a lot of the sightseeing, um, a lot of monuments and things to see. So it was great. Um, I just want to go over, obviously, with everything going on lately with the Black Lives Matter stuff. I mean, I think it's been awesome what we've been doing here in Australia and all the marches and stuff. How's it been um, over there, I guess, where you are in America? It's been awesome what, what's been going on here and hopefully some change happens. But how's it been in America and... Um, you see massive crowds in LA and whatnot protesting, and yeah, I was just curious your point of view on all that. Yeah, man, it's 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 crazy to see. Um, you know, I went to a couple of protests, and just the the passion and the people who are going out there and who are trying to create that change. Um, it's it's a beautiful thing. Um, and you know, you see like a lot of people saying, "Oh, this is a lot of divisiveness and dividing people." But if you go to these protests, man, it's all type of people at these protests. And I think it's bringing a lot of people together at the same time. And, um, you know, we just, people just want equality. You know what I mean? And, uh, like, I've seen a lot on Instagram. People are saying, you know, black lives matter, but all lives matter. But I think it's being explained to the point where people are understanding it now. They're more educated. And, you know, they're saying black lives matter. Or all lives can't matter if black lives don't matter. You know what I mean? I think that's the focal point of it. And, uh, you know, people are getting it. People are getting educated. and. Um, I think that's the most important thing, just to be educated about what's about everything that's going on. For sure. Um, talk to me how you got to Australia. Um, obviously, you 
came and joined our team, which I'm super thankful for. But how did the whole process of obviously you're playing overseas, but getting um, to finally come and play in Australia? Man, it was great, man. I loved Australia. Everybody asked me, what's the favorite place? Where's your favorite place? Australia. Yeah, Australia was great, um, especially being in Melbourne, man. We love Melbourne. Me and Ida love being in Melbourne. Um, even though, you know, like Southeast Melbourne was a first-year team, like didn't feel like it, you know what I mean? So it was so organized, and we had such a great time. Wish we could have won a little bit more, but the experience was awesome. Um, guy, I actually, it was a crazy story because my, my agent was uh, at the summer league, and he just ran into Simon and Tommy. and. It just turned out, I guess, that they had been looking at me and they knew who I was and it just kind of happened like that. It was kind of like a fluke. <laughs> so I was on vacation in, I think, Jamaica. My agent called me up. He's like, hey, I'm here with a, a Australian coach. He wants to talk to you. They're interested in you. And I was like, Australia. I heard a lot about the league. I know it was a good league. And I uh, talked to Simon. Um, he told me what he was trying to do and the rest of the system. How good was opening night? Obviously, we were the first first game of the brand new season. Obviously, Crosstown rival, the throwdown against Melbourne United. Um, our first game is a brand new club, which um, a lot would probably think we weren't going to win too many games. But to come out opening night, um, I think it might have been their home game, even though it's both mm -hmm. our home venue, to come out and put on a show and come away with a win. How good was that whole opening night, I guess, experience? It was crazy, man. Um... Sellout crowd, uh, and you know it's my first year there, so I don't really know like the rivalry, and you know I don't really know a lot about Memory United, but just that atmosphere, like being in that game, was crazy. And for us to win our first game, like oh man, that was that was crazy. And then the next night, because it was our home game, the show, the intros, mm -hmm. all the lights, and all that stuff. Oh, I remember this. I, I get goosebumps thinking about that whole yeah. thing. But to have our own home game. Running out there with all, all the our home crowd was pretty cool as well. Mm -hmm. It was, it was, man. They did a great job with all of the, the um, every like the the video. Oh man, just the video itself was was crazy. So yeah, man, great memories. Um, they did a great job with all that. I had um, I had a question from my Instagram post about um, what's it like living away from home for so long. Um, you know, being away from friends and family. You've obviously done it a lot now, but. Um, how's that? How's that go? Um, I guess as an import, living away so far from home. I think in the beginning of my career, it really affected me a lot being away from my family. Um, but now, you know, I'm kind of used to it. Um, yeah, and I've had I've had family come and visit me whenever they can, so that's always good. But yeah, man, I'm kind of used to it now. It doesn't really affect me as much as it used to. And having Ida with me is great too. So um, yeah, I'm kind of a I like to be away a little bit, you know? I'm, I don't really get homesick a lot, like a lot of people do. Like, I don't really, that's not really, I'm good. Now, I know you're extremely humble, but it must be pretty cool to know that you're one of the best shooters, percentage-wise, from the three-point line, along with guys like Steph Curry. I think you're one of the top three in the world. Um, obviously, it's probably not something you think, oh, I'm gonna be the one of the best three-point shooters, percentage-wise, but to be out there to shoot, as many shots as you do, it's not like you just shoot a couple, make a couple, and then put the cue in the rack. You, you let them fly. Like, that must be pretty cool to be, I guess, mentioned in that same kind of breath with a phenomenal shooter like Steph Curry. Yeah, man, it is. Uh, and I didn't even, to be honest, like, I don't really pay that much attention because he's shooting NBA. Three. 
Like, that's a little different. My line is a little closer than his line. So I don't know how you can kind of compare that. I know I've heard it, you know, in conversations and all that. But I mean, to compare me with Steph Curry is kind of like, come on, that's, that's tough. But I'll take it. But <laughs> For sure, take it. Is there anything yeah. – do you have a set, a set routine? I mean, we'll get to well, how, many, how many shots do you think you shoot a day from the three-point line before and after practice or just total? Because I know it's a lot. I know before practice you're getting them up. Obviously, we do our workouts, but then mm-hmm. obviously I'm a little bit older and I'm, I'm more than happy just to go and sit down because I'm <laughs> just see you out there running around jacking up threes and stuff. Like, you, you must is that just something that you know you have to get in yourself? to be prepared, like a mental thing? I have to shoot another 100 threes or, you know, how's that? It is, man. Because if I don't, it's in my head. And yeah. I, I just feel like um, you, I have to be – I have to feel like I'm prepared to go out there and play in the game and shoot those shots and feel like I'm going to make them. So I have to, you know, get those shots up after practice. I have to get them before. And the more prepared I feel, just gives me more confidence. So – um, yeah, it's just something. I'm, maybe it is in my head. Um, I don't know, but I know I have to get those shots up. Is there a number? Do you, do you have to shoot, you know, 50 catch and shoot, 50 off the dribble, or is it just you just out there for a, a bunch of time yeah. and you just It's usually it's usually 50 off the dribble. And if I'm and if I'm going at a good speed, then it's just how I feel. You know what I mean? If I feel like I worked hard and I got you know good good pace. Then, uh, then I feel good, and I feel like that was enough. And another question was, how do you get out of a shooting slump? Now, I don't really think you had too many with us, but is it just a matter of shooting more shots at practice, or just they're eventually going to fall? Uh, yeah, I think everybody goes through them. Um, everybody goes through shooting slumps, and I think it's just a matter of yeah, getting that, getting the, putting the work in, and then kind of watching a lot of film, seeing what shots you're taking. Uh, and at the same time, you just have to have that confidence in yourself to keep shooting. I mean, you shoot yourself out of it for sure. Now, That's again, again, it's nothing to do with records, but did you know what the NBL single-season record for three-pointers was? When did you realize you were going to smash it, and how good was it to, to beat that? No, I didn't know what the record was until I, I think I started getting close to it, and then people started, you know, mentioning it and bringing it up and I was like oh okay maybe I might be able to catch that and then it became a thing and yeah just just happened um now obviously Ty Ty got injured um we needed a replacement player and Jay Crockett came in you'd played with him before I'm assuming you were part of the process of bringing him over um how good was that to play with someone you played before and then try to play with him in, in Australia awesome guy had a lot of fun yeah. with him should be in the league, but how good was that to bring yeah. a mate over to be able to play with again? It was good, man, because I hadn't played with him in so long, and to see his where his game kind of um, developed. Um, the last time I played with him was in college, and he was kind of a raw athlete. Um, and now he's you know he's polished, he can handle it, he can knock down a mid range jumper. Um, he's a seasoned vet now, so it was totally different. And, uh, yeah, man, his game has really took off. And he's a great player now, even even better person. So uh, it was fun having him around. Good couple of dunks there as well. <sighs> crazy dunks. Sneaky athlete. Wish you would have – yeah, crazy athlete. Um, now, I don't know what one of your favorite memories is from this season, but mine's by far that Cairns game. <laughs> They had us most of the game, kind of got close-ish. We are making a bit of a run. And then before you know it, what's going through your mind? We steal the ball. Actually, I think you hit a three first. 
Um, they're up three with about five seconds to go. Dane steals the ball, throws it to you. You're coming down. What's going? What's what's happening? Man, uh, I can't remember what happened the game before that. I think we we lost. I'm, I want to say. And what was going through my mind when they hit those shots and they were up? I'm like, man, it's happening again. We're gonna lose another close game. <laughs> I was like, no, we can't let this happen. We need this game. I think we were fighting for a playoff spot at that time. And uh, I was just, man, like, I, the only thing that was going through my mind was just give, give us a chance to win it or, or to tie it or just get back into it because I think we were down six. Um, I had a three, I think, before that. And then, yeah, Dang gets the steal. And uh, just to get a shot off, get a good look. That was my only thing in my mind. And I saw Creek in the corner. Um, and I've seen Chris Paul do this before, like the fake, the fake handoff thing. So um, it just, it just happened, man. It happened so quick, and I, I ended up getting a good look at it. Just let it go. And then, have you ever had a hotter streak than that overtime period? I think that stretch of like twenty-one points within like. Four yeah, I don't think so. Stupid. No, no, I, ne- I don't think I ever got that hot before. Man. That's just one of those blackout moments. You just on yeah. it before you know it, everything's dropping. Yeah, it was just I was in the zone, man. I, everything I've shot, I felt like it was going in. Um, and then at that point, your confidence is so high, you just feel like you can get out any shot. Yeah, one of those days. Yeah. Obviously, Melbourne's—I don't know if it's the fashion capital of the world, but you're you're definitely up there with. You, you like to look good, dress good. Uh, how, how many? <laughs> I appreciate that. Give up. No, you're always, you know, staying, staying fresh. Like, how often do you go to the barber? Is it like once a week? You have someone like leaving the house, or you're always getting clean and lined up? And how often do you go to see the barber? That's why I got a hat on right now. I haven't seen the barber in a minute. Yeah, man, I try to get a, I ain't gonna lie, I try to get a cut every, every two weeks if I can, you know, if I have time, you know what I mean? And then. I try to stay. And then the fashion side, like you obviously like to dress well and you know always look good and all that stuff. Is that yeah, is that just something that comes? Is that something that comes from Europe? Because um, that, I don't know, you, you know Dave Anderson. You, actually, I think you play with Dave yeah. Anderson. He's the keys that give looking like <laughs> this guy will go to the farm wearing Gucci and Louis and all that. Is, that. is this a Europe thing? Is this a France thing? Like, where's that whole just kind of come from? Hey, I, it might be because when I. Uh, yeah, it might be because when I got to France, I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really hip on all the fashion. But then I spent three years there, and next thing you know, I'm all into the brands and all this. So it might have been France, but that's what it did. It. Now, a question I had was obviously um, someone that's not very fashionable is one of our teammates, Dane Pino. Now he's obviously got. <laughs> uh, what would it take for you to get some hair like Dane? The whole bleach, almost Odell Beckham style. I can't do it. I try. I was. I actually, I actually told Ida. I was like, man, I might try to go blonde, man. I was. I want to see how it looks. She's like, no, don't do it. So I can. I mean, man. Um, you mentioned Chris Paul before. I know you've 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 worn a uh, Mike Bibby uh, singlet. Uh, do you have a favorite player? Someone you grew up idolizing, mirroring your game around. Um, obviously, yeah. being one of the shorter players, um, not the mm-hmm. tallest. Like, is there someone that I'm assuming someone like Chris Paul? AI man, AI was that guy for me growing up. Um, watching him play and just his his fearlessness and him just like having that will to win, the killer mentality. Oh, oh man, like I love watching him. Um, yeah, and just his style of play. Um, 
Like before, I wasn't like I wasn't a point guard. I was a two guard. I wanted to be exactly like AI. I didn't care how tall I was. But then I realized, like, oh man, I'm not gonna get recruited if I'm a five ten two guard. They don't know I went to five ten two guard. So I had to kind of transition to the point guard. So yeah, man, Allen Iverson was my favorite player growing up. A lot of uh, a lot of my questions have been, when are you coming back? Um, how, how's the whole um, being a free agent during this whole isolation period been? Because obviously you don't know. If you have a job, you don't probably, if you're a free agent, you probably don't have any money coming in. How's that whole process been? Obviously, hoping it ends soon, but yeah, um, yeah, that whole thing. It's been, it's been kind of tough not knowing. You know, you see all these leagues going through, uh, like the Australian league is, um, they're cutting salaries, and then you see other leagues, you don't know when they're going to start. Uh, so it's been a constant conversation with my agent every day, like what's going on here, what's going on there. Um, I think that's just the most frustrating part. We don't, we don't know. Um, there's a lot of unknowns, and hopefully all of this gets gets settled soon. Um, you know, there's a lot of people being affected by the COVID, people losing their jobs. So it's been it's been pretty tough, man. But uh, I just hope I just hope everything works out. I mean, you see, cases are going back up since they opened the economy, since people are you know going back to work. So I don't know what's gonna happen. I just hope everything, you know, works out for the best and, you know, people are safe and healthy. I've got one question. Now, um, I did a little stalking on your, whole, on your um, Instagram page, but one thing Americans do way better than Australians is Halloween. Not even close. Not even yeah. close. Like, do you think it'll ever be like that? Or why, why is it so big in American compared to here? Like, it's almost like it's a national holiday Everyone goes all out for it where we, we try and we dress up a little bit and get some ca- lollies or whatever, but it's not the same. Man, they blow up everything in America, man. Every holiday is blown up. And I think Halloween is just taking off just because people want to dress up and trick-or-treat and get candy. And then, you know, this is the American way. I mean, everything is really hyped up, and uh, especially during the holiday season. Um, the way they market it, the way they, you know, the stores and uh, everything is just marketed these days. I think that's the main reason. Now, my last one for you. Um, obviously, you and either have been back in the gym. Uh, you started a see a move, do see a move, do a move. Um, mm-hmm. Definitely a couple of travels in there. I've noticed from watching the. the- <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's Not a like that's something like, hey, let's let's start this little thing and like. Pop out some moves because I see kids posting about it. Uh, is that something you're gonna try to keep keep pursuing? Uh, yeah, obviously you're on the court every day. Yeah, we've been slacking, man. We haven't put up a, a video in a couple of days. We gotta get back on that. But yeah, man, we just we're in the gym a lot, so um, you know a lot of people are posting posting things, posting a lot of moves, and we're like, hey, we could do that too. So it was just something that came up. And we decided to do it. It's, it's fun. Um, seeing little kids do exactly what you're trying to do, and uh, yeah, man, I'm t- I'm trying to teach teach the youth, Gibbo. I'm trying to give them moves. You over here hating? I'm just critiquing that one looked like a travel. It wasn't a travel though. That was a zero step. And <laughs> look, I'm just saying, maybe it wasn't a travel. I, I'm not a referee, but it looked a little bit sus. But I love what you're doing, mate. I, I love, and the best part is when the kids Appreciate actually. You copy and send them back in it means yeah. they're following so yeah it's yeah. pretty special yeah it means a lot man when they when they 
try to do exactly what we do. And they actually are, you know, doing this exact same move. We think we're doing like something special and then they do it, make it look easy. And like, oh, wow. Step <laughs> our game up. <laughs> but no, nah, man, I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you taking some time out. Um, she got a little bit going on. I think it's nighttime over there. So, uh, Thanks for joining me on Give Our Guys One on One, driven by Andrew. No Thanks for having me. We hope to see you out here in the NBL. I hope so. I hope so. We'll see what happens. Thanks for having me, bro.